0: Campaigners say it's iniquitous that people seeking asylum in the UK are not allowed to work, being forced instead to live an a meagre £5.66 a day. And around 800 people from Hastings and St Leonard's have put their names to a petition demanding the government think again and lift the ban on asylum seekers being able to work. The petition will be handed into Parliament on October 21st and has more than 160,000 signatures in total the work of a coalition of charities from around the UK that came together in 2018 to highlight the plight of asylum seekers. Current rules say that those seeking asylum can apply for permission to work if they have been waiting for a decision on their asylum claim for over 12 months, but they can only apply for jobs in the government's shortage occupation list, a restrictive list that includes jobs such as classical ballet dancer and nuclear medicine practitioner. Hastings activist and campaigner Jay Kramer, a one-time deputy leader of Hastings Borough Council, has been at the forefront of the campaign, along with Hastings Community of Sanctuary, the Hastings Refugee Buddy Project and Hastings Supports Refugees. I caught up with Jay to hear more about the campaign and how it hopes to meet its objectives. I'm Stuart Bailey and this is Hastings in Focus. Jay, it's, it's more than a year since Hastingsborough Council and East Sussex County Council um, voted to support asylum seekers being able to work in the UK. Um, but you're just about to hand in a, a fresh petition, which is all because that's still not happening.
1: Well, yes. Um, the I'm very pleased that the both councils agreed to support the Lift the Ban campaign and as far as I know both of them have written to the Home Secretary because that was part of the resolution and the decision does rest with her basically um, to change the regulations. The other petition has been, is national and it's organised by the Lift the Ban coalition but we've had very big take up, we did a lot of action last year and got lost I think well over 700 signatures coming from Hastings and St. Leonard's, basically. So we've been part of the national petition.
0: Can you explain a little bit about what the ban is all about?
1: Yes, well, the situation now is that if somebody comes to the UK and claims asylum, uh, after a year, they can apply to work. I want to explain. They have a when they come into the country, they are given a card. It's like a you know like a an ID card, and on it is stamped that you're forbidden to work. So it's very serious if an asylum seeker does work, and um, and they may not know that when they come here. That's the other thing. But anyway, and then um, so after a year they can apply to work, but it's called the government shortage occupation list so the likelihood of an asylum seeker being able to work is is very remote because these are very specialized jobs like neurosurgeons or ballet dancers believe it are on the list I mean it is ridiculous and so in effect they're prevented from working and what the lift the ban campaign is is lifting the ban to enable asylum seekers to work after they've been here for six months So so what the government says is their aim is to hear a claim for asylum in six months. We know and they admit that this is completely untrue. They've got something like 40,000 people who've been here for much longer than six months. Um, And so that's why we're saying after six months they should be enabled to work in any occupation.
0: Amongst the people coming to the country seeking asylum are people with with really important skills people who could fill places in the NHS for example which is particularly pertinent at, at the moment I suppose so you know lots of people who would be very useful to the country
1: absolutely yeah this is the whole point and especially it's become even more pertinent now with the with this terrible pandemic we have that that we've got we've got shortages nationally yep. in starting nurses and doctors and GPs and a lot of a lot of people, you know, you've got to remember that they've they're professional people. A lot of them who've studied and got a qualification in their own country, and then they come here and they're treated like second class citizens and like they have no skills. But really, they should be able to contribute. And a, a lot of the testimonies, I mean, the if the Ban Coalition has just done a report, and it has a lot of quotes from asylum seekers themselves saying how they want to contribute to the community that they're in and and make make a contribution and use their skills for people,
0: you know. Because, because there's often this suggestion in the media that somehow people coming seeking asylum are, for want of a better word, scounders or potential scounders, but that's really not the case, is it? It's, it's
1: really important to dispel these myths, really. they the myths that have been... Unfortunately, I put out by certain media outlets that used to talk about asylum seekers coming here, getting a house, getting a car, getting a mobile phone, you know, and it's absolutely not true. Asylum seekers come here and they have to live on £5.66 a day. And that's for all their food, putting money on their phones, you know, making contact with their solicitors, whatever it is, travelling. Um and but they do get they get accommodation, but that's not it's not luxurious by any it's it's basic accommodation really, which is paid for.
0: So so where do people arriving in this country seeking asylum? Where where, do they live? where, where are they being housed? Well,
1: um it's a it's interesting and I think history is very important. So I'll just quickly say that um Asylum Seekers, we in Hastings have been a designated area by the Home Office for Asylum Seekers for 20, at least 20 years now, maybe slightly over 20 years, uh, which was when there was a big, um, the big breakup of, of Yugoslavia and the whole conflict there um, and Kosovo and places. And then they were in a big hotel called the Adelphi, which was in Warrior Square. Right. And that was, you know, putting 200 people from all different nationalities and backgrounds in a hotel. The Adelphi group um, closed down and now asylum seekers are ho- housed in, um, in, in flats, you know, in accommodation. There's an ac- accommodation provider, and, um, but they, that does involve sharing places. So if, or if uh, I think it would be fair to say it's a mixture of single uh, people, generally men, single men and but some families so it will be it will be according to the needs of the you know if it's a family then they'll have a uh, maybe a two bedrooms flat yeah and they tend to be not entirely probably most around st leonard's but really all over all over hastings yep. you know there's different pockets of accommodation presumably where the uh, accommodation provider can find suitable accommodation and also we're talking about a hundred people. At the moment, I think it's around 89 people who are being housed in Hastings and St. Leonard's, but it's never more than a hundred.
0: So they've given somewhere to live. They're given the £5.66 per day. And and really sort of that's it. Are they left yeah. we- we to do own devices beyond that?
1: Yeah, well, they, they mustn't work. So they, they don't have any other income at all. And bearing in mind, they may well have... Um, uh, from wherever they've come probably have nothing with them, you know, or very little yeah. in terms of in terms of possessions. So it's things like, you know, and if you've got children, you need to get them clothes. It's not enough money. Yes. It pushes it pushes asylum seekers into poverty, but yeah. there's nothing they can do because they can't work at the moment.
0: You're with the ban campaign. I mean yeah. that's been running since twenty eighteen how close are you to a breakthrough do you do you feel any course, to a breakthrough as
1: i lead for the campaign for hastings community sanctuary i've been to a couple of regional uh, to a couple of coalition meetings and when you're when you're with a national campaign you can see how much is going on so for example like we've done here in hastings with the two authorities agreeing a motion to support it um, a lot of other places throughout the country have done that lobbying MPs, um, but it we're told by the government constantly there's a review going on, but and then we're told well the review might report back by Christmas, but it there's so much evidence out there I don't know where if this review you know, how it's set up really so I do feel I feel a bit mixed about it in that I feel. Um, this petition is going to have to have some weight. The fact that it's currently 160, around 160,000 yep. signatories, it's going to be presented on the 21st of October. We may get up to 200,000, which would be yep. fantastic. That's got to have some weight. And they'll also, just quickly say, there's very strong cross-party support in Parliament. Um, and so you'll find it's not it's not party political the coalition is not political at all it's it's you know a lot of the um uh, different mps do support it so it's just trying to get them to put pressure on really
0: so nationally one hundred and sixty thousand signatures from hastings somewhere in the region of, of 750 odd signatures and, and presumably that campaigning will have been kind of stymied this year by all that's happened and the lockdown and, and the inability to be able to go out and do what you were doing. What what sort of things were you doing last year to you know, get that public support?
1: The coalition asked um, everyone to organise a week of action which we did last June and, um, and we had stalls both in St Leonard's on King's Road and in the uh, Hastings Town Centre So we had people staffing those for quite a few hours with the petitions. We had a postcard campaign as well, which asked people to write something and the coalition has sent them to MPs. Um, And we got lots of support. Once people, like you've asked, once people asked about it, they don't realize, I think a lot of people really don't realize um, how difficult it is for asylum seekers. And so um, we got, that's how we got all our petitions. We also had an evening event at the Greek Orthodox Church, which was when we had speakers and people talked about their lived experience of claiming asylum. And we had some music and it was very good. And so it was, you know, we got lots of, we were tweeting.
0: In, In terms of asylum seekers themselves, how are they... Arriving in the UK because we, we we see these pictures of people coming in in the inflatable boats, but is is that the only way they're coming in? How 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 else do they do they arrive here and and, and stake a claim for some sanctuary?
1: Well, if I if I start as you've raised the issue with boats. Um, and that is one route. I mean, there are basically very few safe routes for asylum seekers. You know, there are very few safe ways for anyone to get here. So the the publicity that the um, people arriving by boats has had, and obviously some quite near to Hastings, Pet Level, and um, uh, various places. Um, it's just what I'd like to say about that is that I think you just have to look at those boats and how unsafe they are to know that people i believe people must be desperate Mm -hmm. to get away and mainly they're coming from france they may not even know how long the crossing is they won't know how bad the currents are how dangerous it is and they see those white cliffs you know and i think they see that as safety and we do know that conditions in france are not good and i have to say that we in Hastings Community of Sanctuary and the Hastings supports refugees, welcomes refugees, and supports refugees are shocked by the um the the, the ideas that you know people say and how anybody could think about um uh you know putting nets out to stop yeah. the boats or even you know Unbelievable idea of a sort of wave machine or a portable wall or something, yeah. And that would danger people's lives. So I think we have to say that these are human beings, you know, and need to be treated by like human beings with respect and dignity. And um, uh, you know, we we very much, and we I will just say on that we had an event. There was an event uh, on Saturday which was fantastic, yeah, uh, organised by the Hastings Buddy Scheme. Yeah, and um, and with people with banners. And uh, you know, we don't. We want to welcome. We want people to feel safe and welcome if they come to this town. If yeah. they come here by boat, because that's they've got no other choice. Then at least they should be treated with respect and dignity and put in a safe place while their asylum claim is heard. The other way, Stuart, sorry, you asked me was um, a lot of people, as again, we've had publicity, will get in with a different, different ways some boats, some planes, some uh, lorries, you know, getting in the backs of lorries, you know, if right. you talk to people, um, their stories vary considerably, um, but it always involves, generally involves having to pay to get somewhere, obviously. And um, and we do know that there's exploitation, but um, it's because people generally are fleeing persecution. And I think rather than saying people are just wanting to come, they're not they're not um, economic migrants. I think the language is used These are people yes. when you claim asylum, it's because you, you believe you are being, uh, you have a case to say that you're being persecuted, you're in fear of your life basically. Yes. And that's what you have to prove. Um, and I think, um, you know, that's really how people should, with the people um, arriving in the boats, it's it 's just saying, we are you know we don 't want you here, go away, and it doesn 't matter what we do we it, it, it must be We must be clear that it is totally legal to go to another country and claim asylum yep. it 's enshrined in the in the United nations convention oh. that 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 is your right to do that. so if we had a, a terrible war here, and that 's where people should think, if we had terrible war like it 's been happening for so many years in Syria.
0: Hmm.
1: And, and, you know, we went back to what it was like, uh, people should, we should feel that we could go somewhere else to be safe. And we wouldn't want to do that. Nobody wants to leave their home and their country and their family and their friends and their culture. Nobody wants to
0: do that. I was about to say that in all the routes that people are choosing to make it to the UK, it, it all sounds as if it, it, it's very desperate measures, the backs of boys you know, stowing, stowing away, coming in the rubber boats. It does all sound like people are in, in, in desperate straits to get here. But yeah. the messaging, and you, you mentioned the event at the weekend, and that's been quite well covered in social media. But the, the, the wider message, when I spoke to an MP, Sally Ann Hart, back in, I think it was June, and there had just been some boats arrived, so I raised the questions of, of um, asylum seekers with her. And she was saying that you know, while she gets a handful of emails or letters or items in her, her mailbox uh, in support of the rights of these people, she gets far more communication from constituents who are against it, who want something, in inverted commas, done about it. So the message that you're trying to convey must sometimes feel like you're bashing your head off a brick wall
1: Mm. well i mean that's interesting you should say that because there was um and i believe they've all gone out over the weekend there was a whole weekend of activity and um hastings supports refugees also organised a postcard campaign. There was a collection on Saturday for food to the, to Calais and to the food bank, and also a postcard campaign. So with a bit of luck, I'm not sure how many went out. They've all gone, yeah. been handed out, and all those will be being sent to our MP, if they're local people yeah. who were in the town centre and, and at that event uh, on yeah. the beach on saturday so hopefully the the mailbag will increase and redress the balance because i think basically people are always more likely to write to their mp when they're protesting about yeah.
0: something i take it given the situation where at the moment you won't actually be able to make the the handover of the petition in way to this month
1: i will be there in spirit and i think well obviously what we're going to be asked to do is um uh use social media to promote you know to to get the word out and if you can help us on the rest of it 21st of october we're hoping there'll be a lot of coverage for it so those of us who can't physically be there will be doing whatever we do tweeting and putting yep. stuff out um so everybody knows it's happening
0: and beyond that what we what next to the campaign where where would you like to see it going what would you like to see it doing
1: Well, I think once the petition's gone in, um, I would like to see a result, really. Yeah. You know, and I'd like to see a proper debate in Parliament, if it has to. The thing is, it doesn't need a change in the law. Yeah. And there have been attempts to get it. Uh, There was, you know, been a recent immigration bill and there was, you know, there have been amendments and things, but really is is to hope that the Home Secretary will listen and read the testimonies of people and understand both the economic uh, argument, really, that it's, it's, there's a really strong economic argument uh, for asylum seekers to work, and that she'll listen to that and change the regulations. She could do it tomorrow if she wanted to. So, it's, And if there's enough MPs with the petition, so I, I'd like to see it escalate, really, after the petition is presented, so there's more pressure. Uh, and information to to think that for the Home Secretary to say, yes, this makes sense. It would be, a, even if it was the end of the year, it would be a fantastic way to end what's been the most horrible year for all of us, you know.
0: I think you're quoting a figure of somewhere in the region of £100 million a year benefit to the economy by yeah. lifting yeah. the ban.
1: Absolutely, because people will work. They would pay the taxes. They pay their national insurance. They'll contribute to the economy by buying things. They will. They will pay rent or get more, whatever it is. You know, pay rent. So they, you know, and it, and I think it's really important to say that. I mean, you know, a lot of people wait three, four, five years and longer. There's three countries: Canada, Greece, and Sweden. that asylum seekers, should they arrive in those countries, can work from day one. Right, okay. And then it goes right to the far end. We are the only country, only country, that asylum seekers have to wait 12 months before they can claim to, to apply to work. And as I said earlier, you know, on a very restricted occupation list. And in between, there's a, there's a whole range of countries between three, six and nine months.
0: The work that both the Refugee Buddy Project and Hastings Community of Sanctuary do is, is, is really amazing and something opened my eyes in the last couple of years to um, a lot of what's going on that I just didn't realise was happening. So mm. you know, all power to your elbow to keep pushing the message.